Hello everyone, hope you're all well. Happy Sunday. We'll be rolling through a couple, couple of tunes. This one, a new project right with me and Axel. And I've got a nice interview with more air of like a couple of his projects, music, and how it came about and that kind of stuff. And yeah, just get into it. Hope you're well.
Let's get into it. Thank you. 
Pick up everyone locked in. Hope you're all well and having a good day. Got the interview with more air coming up right after this track. Keep it locked. Happy birthday to the Dub Sausage and I hope, hope you're doing all well. I hope COVID's not hitting you too hard, but yeah, hope you're all well. Much love.
Yeah, so thanks very much uh, for sitting down with me and doing this interview. I really appreciate your time. Um, and I just really wanted to sort of speak to you about uh, you as a producer and an artist and being who you are with Spurs, More Air and Slip Disc and just sort of like find about like your early influences, where it all started from and coming over from Edmonton to the UK and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like thanks very much for sitting down. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, but yeah, as, as an artist of Spurs, which you started off out as, like, who were like your early influences and how do you sort of get into producing and DJing and all that kind of thing? I mean, it's a bit all over the map. Like, I think as far as that particular project, I think like a lot of the kind of post-dubstep stuff, obviously like James Blake, Peverless, all of that kind of like really bass weighty kind of post-dubstep stuff. And then also into like the, the uh, earlier Night Slug stuff, uh, the Fade to Mind crew that really played into that project. But earlier influences were stuff like a lot of post-punk, New Order, Joy Division, that type of stuff. Stuff that's, you know, doomy, gloomy, um, drum machine led. But yeah, as far as like that particular project, that was a lot of the the main influence, a really heavy UK influence. And then also like, you know, uh, early jungle, drum and bass, a lot of video game music too. Like that all just kind of like melds in really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because what, what was I was going to say, like, but you've got like a lot of UK emphasis within your music and growing up in Edmonton in Canada. What was that? What was the scene like? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm originally from a really small town in in BC called uh, called Winfield, uh, which no one's heard of. So <laughs> so I uh, I lived there. I lived there kind of up until my uh, my early 20s. Uh, I studied uh, studio sciences and audio engineering. So that's kind of my background. And then I moved to uh, Edmonton, Alberta in Canada, and I was there for, I think upwards of six years. And then I moved to Vancouver and then I moved over to the UK. But Edmonton is actually kind of like where I started uh, DJing. It's kind of where I came up with the initial Spurs project and started doing a bunch of different productions. So that was kind of like a, a real home base for me. Yeah, a lot of it was just like, that was, uh, that would have been what, like, Ooh, I'd have to double check on the years, but that was like a really kind of like formative time for like a lot of electronic club music, like whether that was like Night Slugs or a lot of like the early Uno stuff out of New York, just like really weird, like some of Arca's first productions and just like really pushing a ton of boundaries there. So I think like Edmonton was, was really formative in a lot of ways. Um, and it was one of my favorite cities that I've lived in. Um, it just had, a real community vibe like it's I, a friend of mine actually who does uh who does music in, in a completely different genre uh christian hansen who used to do like a lot of electro pop and and stuff like that uh posted a, a thing the other day and it was like edmonton is the big city that thinks it's a small town and it, it has that kind of vibe you would we do um you'd throw parties and you just you'd have kids from the hardcore scene come through and you'd have you know people who were just kind of heard that something was going on and they'll end up at your house party um, and just for something to do. And, it, you know, there was just kind of this natural support um, that I've never really encountered in, in another city that was really genuine. I remember when I moved to Vancouver, I found that to be a bit jarring. It was just like, oh, well, you know, you like this, so why wouldn't you come out and support that? And then, you know, people are just like, oh, I don't like this, you know, one specific thing. So I felt Edmonton was really positive for that. Like everyone was just really supportive and, and you just had that room to grow. And even if things weren't like, I mean, I had some bad DJ gigs there and like, you know, <laughs> and some of my early productions thing, 
I think I've scrubbed them from the internet, but there's definitely some stuff where I was like, cool, I'm glad like people were supportive of this because like someone probably should have been like, hey man, that need that needs another that needs another couple weeks of work. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because that's where you started your drum hands um, imprint as well, isn't it? With one of your friends. Yeah. So my my uh, my uh, my friend Jesse and I uh, actually Jesse uh, kind of started that on his own. And then I kind of joined in on that. So it started out as a uh, as a series of parties in uh, this this uh, venue called the Rude House. Uh, Edmonton has a uh, a bit of a house scene, which if you are familiar with uh, hardcore music, like hardcore punk music, a lot of like smaller towns and uh, even bigger cities will have like house mm-hmm. scenes where you know someone will throw a show in a basement, and it's you know you cram thirty sweaty people in there and you just watch a band or something like that, and it's just. Uh, yeah that it's a it's a venue circuit and so Edmonton had this kind of like carryover scene from that and so they used to throw hardcore shows in the basement and then uh, Jesse just started doing some electronic shows down there so they had these parties called Drama Hands uh, that he had started uh, and I played I think it was the second one and then I just kind of kept going back because it was just like it was a, a party that was just like a ton of fun like it was just like mm-hmm. the, the DJ lineups were weird like sometimes it would be live sets other times it'd be DJ sets like you know and a huge variety of music and it was basically just people coming out again because they were just like cool I want something fun to do on a Friday or a Saturday night and I know like yeah. I've heard their fun parties regardless like it was it's just a house party and the show is in the basement yeah right? like, like, like a very DIY kind of vibe yeah fully yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah absolutely yeah big sound system uh like way too big for what should have been a 30 person <laughs> basement like and it was I mean sometimes and we had like some really you know they had some really cool guests like we had a purity ring uh did some DJ sets like they were you know they're from kind of Edmonton originally or Alberta so we just there were times where it was just like it was absolutely rammed because it was just people like people were going nuts and they had it shut down by the cops a couple of times and whatever but yeah it was just like it was really diy just like super fun it was just basically a house party with like music in the basement and they kind of like pipe the yeah. feed from the a webcam downstairs just upstairs onto like a old crt <laughs> tv and stuff that yeah, was, was pretty pretty gnarly yeah yeah that's cool yeah, because I'd say that's where you started like putting your stamp within the scene as well, and then like started building up your tune repertoire, and then eventually, you, how did your um, the tune that one get ended up on the effect? Is that effect or effect? I can never pronounce it. Effect. Yeah, I never never pronounce uh, it. Correctly. It's effect. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's effect. Yeah, yeah. It's effect. Yeah. So so yeah. So basically, that was it. Like I started um, I started my productions in Edmonton, and then when I moved to uh, to Vancouver. Um, I think that's really where that kind of took off in earnest. So Drama Hands, after after it was a party, then became like kind of a de facto label uh, and now a defunct label. Um, but we had like this really long stream of of probably, a, I think probably two years of being like a productive label. And so I think uh, we did a compilation at first. Uh, we did a, a like locals in the scene. I think there might've been a couple people from Vancouver. It was basically just like, a locals only compilation i had a tune on there and then i uh i think mine was the second uh, actual release that the that the label put out but yeah I, I i started that in edmonton finished it in vancouver and then uh uh kind of kind of kept going from there and then the affect uh release those are uh two good friends of mine um patrick and sev and they run that label uh so that one was out a little bit later um that one is um 
I think they were, they just asked me because they were just like all really good friends from the again from the Vancouver DJ scene and stuff like that. And they were putting together a compilation and they were like, do you, do you have anything? And I was like, nothing off top. So I just I, I, I did something specific for them. So that's that that tune, that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, it's a big tune. It's a big tune. Yeah, that one. That one is kind of like the the definitely like the heavier, more kind of you know post dub steppy side of the of the Spurs project. It, you know, it's it pulls a bit from everything, whether it's like weirder left field techno. Mm. Uh, that was one of the things that I think like with that project, I really enjoyed was a bit of flexibility. Um, you know, if you uh, I take a lot of pride that if you kind of listen back, like it's not just everything's a bit different there's elements of footwork jungle um techno mm. grime uh dubstep like there's all types of different stuff electro so it was a real mishmash of like what i'm into as a yeah, yeah, as definitely. a as a music fan and a dj and whatever i say support from Mixmag with your album Loud Futures uh, and it was put as their record order of the month um, 
And yeah, how did it, how did that feel as an artist to sort of have that feature in Mixed Mag, and how did that album come about as well? Uh, I mean, that one that one was really that one was really cool. Uh, I think that happened. Oh, I think if I remember correctly, I think I had been in the UK for like maybe a couple of months, something like that. And um, mm -hmm. uh, my boy Thomas Frazier, uh, who uh, used to write for Mix Meg, uh, he did like the uh, the dubstep and grime column, um, had had mm -hmm. picked that album uh, and had made it an album of the month for that. So that one was that was a that was a real um, yeah that one just felt like a real win. I th that record I had been working on for quite some time. And uh, I was really, really proud of it. And uh, my good friend Joseph, who runs uh, the now, I believe they're paused, uh, Apothecary Compositions uh, label, which that came out on eventually, um, was really uh, a real champion. Uh, I had been going back and forth with, uh, with Joseph forever. He uh, produces under an, a bunch of different aliases, but his main one was Druid Cloak at the time. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and he, I had wanted to put something out with Apothecary for quite some time. And he was just like, it was never the right time and whatever. And then I, I sent this and he was like, this is really, really good, but I want it to land somewhere else. Uh, so I, yeah. tr I, we tried finding a few different spots for it and, and it just ended up on, on Apothecary. And he was like, look, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll treat this with the best care that I can. And uh, it was just, it worked really well. Like that, that, mm -hmm. that release just went on to do so well um, on top of being like, the the mix mag thing mm -hmm. it was you know it got some write-ups in resident advisors some other press and then like two of the the singles ended up on um mm. uh, on like a big one of the bigger spotify playlists and just like did super super well and it all just like it felt so organic because it was kind of it against all odds it kind of like did so well and it was definitely it came from a place of two people uh, you know who respected each other and and were working together yeah 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 and it, it just had a, it had a bit more organic legs i think than you know we didn't have any type of real press or pr behind it and it just kind of did it organically it felt like a, a great payoff for working with people that you like and that's something that i've always mm -hmm. focused on uh, no matter what project i'm working on i would prefer to work mm -hmm. with people that i respect and i uh, cherish relationships with i think it's really easy to try to get on a bigger label and i think there's there's obviously there's valid reasons for doing that but mm -hmm. you come up with a yeah, yeah. you come up against a lot of um a lot of barriers there too whether that's like you know longer lead up times to releases you know there's just the the bigger the machine you know the more moving parts there are so when you can be smaller and agile it just it just feels a little bit better. You can be a little bit more agile. You can put stuff out mm -hmm. right away. You can, you know, you can be a little bit more flexible. And I, I also feel like then there's less, there's less expectations. And I think in this industry, especially like it, your best, at least the way I've been, uh, I've found with my career, it's been best service to just be like, just go in expecting nothing. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but if you go in with no expectations, I think you are less likely to have your hopes dashed and you can be more resilient and bounce back when things don't go your way. Yeah, and you just see like how social media is now, where it's just like it's just so fast, and everyone's just—it's just this constant churn, and it doesn't—it's just—it's always about like reward and all this kind of stuff, and it's just so so fast. I, I can't yeah, think. it's the 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 churn the churn thing is very yeah. real. I look outside of like electronic music even, and you look into into say pop music or something like that, and like other than a few names like there are just times where i'm like oh we don't even like we don't even talk about this that person that was on everybody's radar 
you know, even two months mm. ago. It can be really depressing because you're just as someone who, and again, this is probably going to make yeah. me sound like super dusty, but like, but you know, as someone who like obviously grew up where, you know, you bought one CD, like you had like, <laughs> you know, your the money you might have saved for the month like allowed you to buy one CD, and you're like, I really fucking hope this is as good as the rest mm -hmm. of the singles on the, on the thing, because otherwise, like, I just threw eighteen bucks out the window. But I think there's just something. There's something cool about like, well, on one yeah. hand, I think it, there's something really powerful about having access to almost every song recorded in the world. And I think there is there is merit to that. But I also think like losing the album as a long form format is is detrimental in some ways. But then again, by that same token, I mean like that there are artists working in that for people mm. who want, you know, who want that and want to still have that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like the, another tune that we'd like to talk about is your track Arm's Length, which is sort of kind of where you're having your spurs and now like more sort of like turning into the, the more air alias as well. Like and you, that was like one of your big releases as well, wasn't it? Off the back yeah, that yeah, that was one of the ones that had ended up on uh, on one of the big Spotify playlists, one of their kind of like ambient chill beats mm -hmm. to relax and whatever too. Um, uh, yeah, that one. That one was just kind of a bit of an uh, of an interlude more than anything. There's a couple on on Loud Futures that are were acting more as interludes, and then the more I I kind of played around with those, like I really enjoyed doing stuff that leaned more on the ambient side. Like um, you know, I've I've been a fan of you know kind of minimal ambient for quite some time. Obviously, like yeah. You know, you look at like founding guys like Laraji and Brian Eno, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But then people who are, you know, pushing it forward now, like Jihei Hadakiyama and all all types of different folks that are doing it. And I was like, oh, this is like really enjoyable and it's really different, especially because with uh, the Spurs stuff was so heavy and so rhythm driven and yeah, drum driven. Yeah, yeah. And, how, you know, how can you make this hit like a, a like a dump truck? <laughs> you know, like, you know, um, you're trying to figure out how you make your your kicks you know hit someone in the face yeah and yeah yeah it, it, it was a nice a nice change and so then i kind of started working on like some alternative stuff that was a bit more just like more textural and more ambient and more long form yeah because there's i was listening to your echoes and changes album where you can sort of see that those influences like going in and it was like more prominent it's like i love that track um the stalker and now weeping um oh was, thanks yeah, yeah and the slick roof one as well it's the, it's amazing but you can really sort yeah. of see where the direction of sort of into the more air um aliases um alias is coming into 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 play yeah no i, I appreciate i appreciate the kind words yeah th that one is it, that one is the same thing yeah it's a bit more exploring textures and like i think what's what has been keen for me as far as like an area of practice is just like still maintaining some sort of a base weight element um mm -hmm. i think like sub bass frequencies and lower frequencies are equally as important in um ambient production i think like they are a grounding um mm -hmm. frequency um and i think it connects us in that sense it connects us on that lower ground level and so i think like you know there's a lot of tendency to maybe think of and maybe not uh incorrectly but you know you think ambient you think quite like atmospheric and you think kind of like lofty and high and sparkly and i think like being able to add some sort of a, a grounding, you know, low rumble or whatever is also really powerful. So I think like that, there's an interesting cadence carryover um, 
from say like something like dubstep especially the stuff that's maybe a bit more you know like yeah. a deep medi kind of like meditative stuff that's a bit more like you know um droning or mm -hmm. you know uh, looping uh and and focus working that over some of these more like say astral layers or something like that yeah yeah definitely do you think there will be a, a spurs return or are you just going to focus on more air you know what i'm not <laughs> i never i guess never say never but you know what like i i kind of see that as like like a finality um i think for me like i've i've kind of put out the remainder of I had some leftover tunes or some stuff that never got released that I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a huge fan of just like, I don't know that everybody needs everybody's unfinished tracks. I really don't think there's, there's probably a reason that a lot of your uh, unfinished work sits in folders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, languishing. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I had a, I had some that I was like, Oh, you know, I really wish this had come out or I should have put this on this or this, but you know, the album didn't make sense or whatever. So I, I had a collection of those that I put out, um a while back and i think for me that was kind of like the period on that project and i think there's i think that's cool i think like sometimes you can just put a pin in things you know i mm -hmm. think there's bands i mean it definitely comes from bands where you're like this band only ever did one record and it's incredible and then they just walked away yeah yeah, yeah. and and whatever and you never did anything with it but when you discover it it's like this is incredible mm -hmm. and so i think like there is something cool as, as well about just being able to be like this is the yeah. this is the finished discography like this is this is that project and it's done and now we're on to something else yeah yeah totally, totally. Why did you decide to come from Canada to London? I mean, that is basically just all music. Um, I uh, there's a because Canada is a Commonwealth country, uh, we have access to the uh, like a, um, a youth mobility uh, visa, and mm -hmm. so I had uh, I had been working in a job um, with the federal government in Canada, 
and I was just like, you know what, I, it kind of, through a long series of things, just kind of came to its natural end, and I was like, all right, what am I going to do here? I'm like, you know, just about to turn 30. That's the end of this. Uh, you can only do it mm-hmm. uh, 30 or younger. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, it's a two-year visa. Worst yeah, yeah. comes to worst. I fall flat on my face. I go back home, and at least I get to say that I tried it. Um, yeah, yeah, so that was really it. Like, I was just like, I had never been to Europe before. I had, you know, barely traveled for, for much of anything. So I just decided mm-hmm. to give it a shot. I'm a big fan of kind of shaking life up every few years. So, yeah, it's a really brave thing to do as well, specifically like from where, obviously, where you were in Canada to, to obviously to over in Europe and stuff like that. It's a big thing to do, especially just bringing your music over and just uh yeah trying trying to test out test the waters out over here it's, it is a big thing yeah it was it was a, it was a big shock i mean there were definitely mm-hmm. like some hurdles um but you know actually it's been i mean as as far as like culture and stuff goes like that i mean there's some pretty big differences but obviously like it's 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 still pretty great i i love london i love the uk yeah. so is this where the the more air alias started to really come into play yeah yeah absolutely so i had started doing uh i had kind of started moving away from doing the uh the spurs stuff and was looking to do something different i uh, i imagined this project to be um more of a live um Mm -hmm. a live performance so in it and it is uh there haven't been too many shows uh, at the moment but it is like a live show like i use a uh an electron Mm -hmm. auto track uh and i use like so a live sampler um, and I use uh, a mono mm-hmm. machine as well. So it's it's aiming to be something that's a little bit more portable, but also something that can be expanded. So the idea was initially it's me, but it can be a collaborative project. You know, you know, you in the future, you might see live musicians. There might be live mm-hmm. singers like yeah, yeah, it could be course. anything. Um, I wanted it to be something that was a bit more something like, you know, like a Justin Vernon project, like Bon Iver or something like that, where it's just like, it's going to be a bunch of different things. It could be, it's, you know, it can have a choir, it could mm-hmm. do whatever. So that was kind of the initial goal. Um, and then I had, so I had started that project and then uh, did one or two shows and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so, uh, so that kind of, that kind of stopped things yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty quickly. Um, but have still been like putting out um lots of music and stuff like that like it was always going to be a production first Mm -hmm. project still and then but would be live i would just i missed performing live yeah um i felt like i mean djing is i I always love djing djing is fantastic but like there is an element where you're like oh there's after you've kind of got it you're like okay like i've got the hang of this there's unless you know some sort of a technical thing happens like it's you've got to kind of try hard to like really train wreck it. So like I wanted something that was still a bit more like, okay, this could, this could still go sideways, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause I really like your um, EP W and powder blue. Cause it's this, the the amount of depth to it and the loads of textures and you can, as you sort of saying, you can add choirs and guitar and it's like, you could see that there's so much room for that as well alongside like the, the depth of the EP and also the other stuff that you've been putting out. Um, and also you mentioned a couple of weeks back, you got a new album coming out with Luke Elliott. How did that sort of come about and when when's it due to due to hit? So that one is uh, that one actually came about in a, in a fun way. So I put out a track on um, uh, that one we did with uh, who was it? 
Oh, Methods of Mellow, that's right. Yeah, so uh, my my boy Fergus hit me up for a compilation. Uh, they were putting something together and Luke uh, was on that um, was on that as well. And so we just kind of started talking um, and we kind of went back and forth and we were like, you know, why don't we try working on something? Um, and so we had kind of put together yeah. a few tracks uh, and then it just kind of like, it was really cool and we were kind of happy with, we had about four tracks and then life just kind of happened things got busy and then uh we kind of came back to it uh, a few months later and i was like look I'd, I'd really like to finish this project and uh you know so we started working again and then um we started working with um uh thomas from this label frosty um so that mm -hmm. is the home for the for the record uh so that is coming out march 16th mm -hmm. Uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be on like limited cassette oh, so. and then uh, and then digital as well. Yeah, yeah. If uh, oh, yeah, nice. if you're into kind of yeah, like yeah, that nice. tonal textural stuff, um, like that's that label is fantastic. And Thomas as well is like an incredible producer. He does like uh, a, a few different aliases. If you like the dronier side of stuff, he's got a project called Sulk Rooms. Uh, like he's just a phenomenal musician. So mm. again, like it kind of comes back to being like you know could have probably found like a larger label like this is a, a relatively new label that thomas has started um but you know i'm like mm. I, i'm a fan of this person's work um i like the i like everything that's come out mm. it fits and it's like why not get in early and like just kind of work with people that you admire i think that's like a, a huge key yeah so yeah, 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 that definitely, project definitely. is is uh it's a it's a combination of both of us so um Luke does a lot of like modular synthesis work. So we were kind of like, I would send the initial mm -hmm. stems of some of the stuff that I had, and then he'd work over it and send it back and forth and back and forth. And so, yeah, it's it's due out March uh, 16th, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. So. Is it going to be on Bandcamp at, and also with the cassette Yeah, as well? yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be everywhere. I think we, I, I mean, I as a musician, I always try to point people towards Bandcamp, but I'm pretty sure that one will be hitting, hitting all the channels, so. No, it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, also another Elias that you have uh, slipped disc um, and we've also did a back to back was it in October October was it yeah yeah, yeah October I think yeah. So. Um, is this more of like a club focused um, Elias going back to like DJing and back to your roots there and stuff like that yeah I think like I think that's part of it is um, yeah I had I had kind of wanted to to get back to some of that uh, some of that sound, I think like back to your previous question about like, you know, whether there would be a new Spurs record. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I'm not really, I'm not there, uh, anymore, but I, I want to get back into, you know, I had really missed DJing and I was like, you know, now that, you know, things are back up, you know, back open again and stuff like that. I was like, I, I really want to start DJing and I just love it. Like I love DJing. So I was like the, the more air side of stuff is like again, like live performance and is, you know, very kind of ambient leaning and, and stuff like that. And so I wanted something that is, again, markedly different. Um, so yeah, the slip disc stuff is, you know, leans a bit more towards like techno, but you know, trippy kind of, again, like for me, I, I don't like to pigeonhole anything. So for me, I'm like, that's just kind of it, but stuff that is, yeah, definitely more like dance floor leaning. Cause you've also got your uh, threads show as well haven't you which is like is that yeah. a slip disc domain it's not it is and it isn't so basically the um the the thread show is a little bit different um that one mm -hmm. is under more air uh oh, i it? i do that as more air but that one is a bit more 
it leans a bit more towards like ambient, but then also like post punk and yeah. electronic and is a bit more like varied. That one's more just more of a it started more as like a, a straight up ambient show. Um, yeah. And then it kind of went through a few different iterations. And then I started, you know, bringing in stuff that I'm just like listening to at the moment. And then it just became more, a bit more like just a, just a radio show of things that I'm kind of into. So yeah. you'll hear guitar music, you'll hear, you know, the odd little bit of like, you know, techno-y electro stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of really varied. Um, you've also got your big, uh, your party, the Big Weird Swing, coming up on the fourth of March, which is at the was at the Avalon Cafe in Bermondsey. That's correct. What's um, what can we expect from that? So that is again like that is probably I think the the IRL uh, extension of the of the radio show. I think mm -hmm. that's kind of you know again like I was like okay if I'm like DJing again like I want to do stuff that is a bit different. Um, yeah. I want to I think for me now especially as I get a little bit older and I'm just kind of like, I'm not going out as much anymore. And I was just like, you know what? I, I want to do something that I don't feel like I'm really seeing. Um, I just want to kind of get back to kind of what we were doing with the drama hands parties too, I think, and just be a little bit like, it's kind of, I mean, that's where the name comes from. It's just like, it's just, you're going to get a bit of everything. I think yeah. the main, the main leaning is going to be again, like is more like, trippy techno kind of chuggy you know guitar led stuff post-punk at least for myself um and then i've got uh three other guest djs joining me um and they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do yeah, um, yeah. you know the idea is that everybody um can get a little bit longer set so it's not just an hour everyone can have a little bit more time and just kind of explore go nuts. yeah exactly and kind of just like if you you know you want to try something different go for it um the venue is really important um uh and and uh, avalon cafe is really cool they're kind of like a community space during the day they're like an actual like cafe and art space and then like in the evenings they, they you know they on the weekends they do dj events and stuff like that and yeah, they yeah. Can, can can go a little bit later so yeah that one is uh yeah march 4th uh, is going to be the first one i'm hoping that if it does well uh, we end up doing it on like a monthly basis and it can just be kind of a, a home for people to come through in my in my mind what would be ideal is that people are just like i don't know who's djing i don't really even care who's djing i just know that like when yeah, yeah, i've yeah. been there the the music has been great and the and the you know the feeling was awesome and yeah, yeah, i just definitely. know that i'm i'm gonna have a good time yeah it's like it's so important i think it's kind of um there's a lot of lineups that you see now. It's just it's all about the same names, rep rep repetitive, and it's just like you see the same names like going, 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 like on everything. You kind of just it's just nice just to turn up to a venue and be like, well, I know the music's gonna be good, so <laughs> like, like, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, happens, and... happens, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, like that's and that's yeah, and that's kind of what like again, like what we had with with drama hands and stuff like that. And that's I think like you know, it's it's a small venue. It's really cool. It's like community minded. And it's just probably, it's never gonna be bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something really cool about just being like building a community space and just being like, this is what it's gonna be. If you like it, it's always gonna be here. Or like, we're always gonna try to be here. And that's kind of the goal. Um, you know, depending how it does, we might jump around. We might try a few different places, but like, I'd like to, I'd like to keep that space as a home, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be down there <laughs> shaking a leg or both. Love that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. 
Um, and just to finish off the interview uh, with your track, uh, Breath Taker, um, and is one of your more ambient sort of tracks. And what's what's that about? Yeah, that one is uh, that one's from a, a split I did uh, a couple of years back. Um, but yeah, that one's just I think it's a really good uh, kind of personification of what the project is. There's lots of like different layers in there. It's not strictly ambient. It's definitely more on the soundscape side. So I figured that was probably a good one to, to close out with and just show people what uh, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, no, it's sick. Right. Well, thanks very much, man. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> no, it's been really nice. Thank you. All right. Take care.
I'd say thanks again for Colin to sit down with me and chat about his music. For the next, like the last bit of the show, I'm just gonna like get back into some dubstep. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and yeah, stay locked.
tune by Subscape. Old tune. But he's back at, um, what's he playing at the Dalston Den next weekend for the Good Stuff Only Party. Sick.
in. Psychoactive drugs. <laughs> 
Last tune from me, Runigan up next. This one's underneath, it's Crooked Law by Komodo. Thanks very much for everyone for listening. I'll be back in a month's time. Um, and yeah, until then, much love, take care, all the best. up more air for the interview as well hope you enjoyed it as well sick artist check him out if you haven't already on Bandcamp all that got the good stuff and if you're in London the 4th of March Big's Weird Swing in Avalon Cafe in Bermondsey come down shake a leg I'll see you there